0: Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Monday, January the 8th. It's happening. It's beginning to happening. Computers are invading us, or at least what it seems from the news this morning. Apple's Vision Pro is about to launch. It launches at the beginning of February. As we all know, Apple is the real pioneer of of high tech. There was no online media really before uh, uh, the iPod and then the iPhone. It changed everything. And this Apple Vision Pro suggests that we may indeed uh, be increasingly living in a virtual real world and maybe even our brains would be connected as we put these Vision Pro glasses on. Uh, one man who's been giving a lot of thought to the future of technology is my guest today. He's a Emmy winner and is a best-selling Brazilian writer, PJ Cardas. Uh, he has a new book out. It's called um, The Girl from Wudang. And it's about an imaginary future in which all our brains are connected. Um, PJ is joining us from a rather chilly Greenwich, Connecticut. He's originally from Rio, so for him, I'm sure the Connecticut winters are are brutal. Uh, PJ, what do you make of this Vision uh, Vision Pro news? Is it the beginning of the end or the beginning of the beginning? Or is it just more uh, marketing guff from Apple?
1: i think it could it's the beginning of something new but you know i'm i'm the transition that we're going through in 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 the world with technology invading our lives more and more and enhancing or or disrupting whatever it is i think that these are i I grew up in rio as i said and and for me technology is like a wave you know the thing you learn by being a kid in rio is that when a wave comes you either go for it kind of run for the sand or you dive in you cannot just be there trying to hold the wave. It's coming. You know, One way or another, you're going to have to deal with that.
0: So the wave is coming. And as you say, what you learned from growing up in Rio is you've got to deal with it. What is the wave then, PJ? And and, and how do you deal with it in The Girl from Wudang?
1: I, mean, the, I think that the wave is that Technology is taking over more of our senses and taking over more transparent. Um, uh, is becoming more transparent and and understanding whether we feel like it or not. It's going to start to understand and try to learn what we are going, we're about to do one way or another. The 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 whole technology that that I was working on with the, in the book was based on on some some. Early designs and studies and, and thought experiments about these technologies that connect a brain to another brain, creating a network of super brains. And uh, and they're based on on technologies on, on experiments that are going right now in the world with they're they're trying to connect in, in a in a smaller way now, but it's it's already a path to it that connects our, our brain directly into a computer. So once you're connecting to a computer it can connect to another brain and everything and and this is going to change quite a lot i think that the the what we think what we see is artificial artificial intelligence coming and the possibilities of it in terms of all the 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 mental capacity the the intellectual capacity of the world is going to get amplified maybe uh when we connect brains is going to be another jump another big um, leap forward or backward or sideways. I don't know, and, and no one knows, but it's going to be a very transformative experience. I think that kind of when you go, when you put that on your eyes like this, is going to give us a glimpse of what the future is going to be,
0: but it's barely a glimpse. Yeah, I wouldn't call it a wave, I would call it a tsunami. I mean, this changes everything. I, um, I just finished Douglas. Hofstadter's classic, Godel Escherbach, An Internal Golden Braid, a book about AI, a classic that he wrote 30 years ago, and it's still incredibly relevant. In the beginning of the book, he talks about the way in which this technology cha- challenges and redefines our sense of the self. Yeah. Um, when we have connected brains, PJ, the conventional enlightenment sense of the self that we have been defining and refining for the last 300 years that's swept away it's drowned in this new technology isn't it yeah you know, the, the
1: the the benefit that i had as a as a novelist writing about is that i could think about this future and 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 get into the head of a single person try to imagine how not the world is going to be but how a person is going to feel in that in that world and one of the most um daunting feelings is the feeling of of entrapment in, in slavery. It's like if you, you know, the, in, in the book, the story that, you're, that the scientists working on it, they were trying to connect brains to create an alternative to a super intelligent um, artificial intelligence because computers are theoretically, they are infinitely scalable and our brains are limited to our skulls. So they're trying to connect the brain so it could be, as a species, be more intelligent than these, Alternative that was about to surpass our our um, cognitive ability. Now, when they connect brains, it creates a, it may create a feeling of of godless of, of god kind um, power, which which is something that some scientists are saying that we're going to experiment. But it, it but also implies also creates a feeling that you gave up your individuality to these other creature that is not really you they're part of but it's not you we become in a way like ants they're a a a very irrelevant part of a a bigger creature that is a colony or a bee or you know and and that's a a very concerning feeling
0: yeah you 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 describe it well i think um entrapment slavery that One way of looking at it is that this technology will liberate us from our false sense of self, the idea that there's something absolute and inevitable about us as individuals. On the other hand, as you suggest, this may transform us from the individuality that most of us celebrate into ants or bees. It's it's a major step, to borrow some language from the the Apollo uh, missions—it's a major step for mankind, isn't it, PJ? I—it may be a, a leap into the abyss,
1: but it may be a a a flight into something completely new and wonderful. And and I'm right now. I'm reserving the, the I'm reserving myself the right to look at that with with an open mind. I think that that the possibilities, good and bad, are both there. And I. And and who knows? We we are so stuck and so committed to our idea of individuality as the definition of our species. But what if we're much happier when we connect? I'm not saying that we will be. I'm saying that it may happen. We may you know this is what some of the scientists project. Of course, they're biased because they're designing these things. But they're saying that we're going to have a probably going to have a godlike godlike experience when we connect multiple brains. They say that. Two brains of two not very intelligent people combined, because of the amount of, of connections they're going to have, are going to we're going to make two people are going to be more, much more intelligent. I was. So, what are we going to be capable of doing? What are we going to be um, capable of achieving as as groups and as a species? And you know, it's I think it's it's intriguing. I'm I'm intrigued by by this future ahead. But it's for me, it's like I feel like we are the 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 caveman, uh, like a caveman that just realized they can carry fire on the end of a stick. Yeah, and we don't understand yet that this can cook the fish, and that is going to melt rocks, and it's going to allow us to put the rocks are going to be able to melt caves on one on top of each other and build cities. And you know, we cannot see the 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 compounded. results of what we are seeing we are touching something so big and transformative that is impossible to see other than having a this a glimpse here and there once we experiment with these things and this is the most important thing that you know in these almost 10 years of research and and some of the people kept telling me over and over scientists working on that and researchers that we are dealing with a technology that is so experiential that our our thought process cannot get us as far as the experience can get. Once you put one of those big goggles on our head and start to see it and, and, and play with it, once you connect our brains, once you start to use super smart, artificial, intelligent bots, the things that we're going to see about the future are going to be way beyond what we can imagine before we touch them.
0: We are speaking with PJ Caldas, a science fiction novelist, Uh author of interesting new book on Connected Brains, The Girl from Wudang. Uh, the book is just out, and it's perhaps timed appropriately because today Apple Vision Pro uh, announced that it's launching at the beginning of February. Um, PJ, I wonder whether the... I mean, this, as, as you have suggested, this changes everything uh, for us as a species and how we think about ourselves and the, the notion of the self becomes radically transformed... I wonder if we're in an odd way, history has a sense of its own irony, whether we're being set up for this in the sense that we live in an age where everyone feels estranged from everyone else. No one can talk about anything anymore. I'm sure the same is true in Brazil as it is in the US, different political sides, different races, different genders, different sexualities. What the network brain will do is reinvent the notion of empathy and of human solidarity once we get into the brain of somebody else so once we connect with the brain of someone else then we think of both ourselves and of them differently do you think it's coincidental that we live in an age of profound divisions at the same time as we are inventing this networked identity
1: I think this I, I think that this is happening. I don't I don't see any any major plan driving us to, to this collision. So no god of irony here, PJ, who's yeah, having some fun is, with us. I think there's the irony of fate. You know, I I but I but I think that there's there's something pretty magical about these this conflict that is happening and as you say that we are have never been more distance, but we are about to be not only connected, but we we may be about to get merged. And the the story that that in in the book that I was working on is that it, we may not have a choice because connecting our brains may be the only choice that we have uh, to to remain as as the most intelligent species on the planet. Because theoretically, if the computing power uh, you, know, I, you know, if you start, to, if you read everything that is going with the large language models and everything, there's, there's a big chance that, that the next round of, of, of artificial intelligence is going to get, have more brain power than, than a human brain. And it's growing much faster than our brain is evolving. So at some point, it's very reasonable to expect that we are not going to have the, the biggest brain, the most powerful brain in the planet that could be a good thing, that could be a bad thing, you know, because we're we're no longer the top of the food chain. Um, and these connected brains can be our, our alternative to that. But again, we don't know if that's good or bad. If we get stuck to our, what humanity has been, I'm sure that we're going to freak out and we lost everything. But, you know, who knows, maybe 200 years from now, we're going to look back and feel like, yeah, this is, it was so funny when people were just separately separate from each other and and i'm not advocating for any specific um future but i think that there's something what what is coming to us is somehow inevitable and and this merger of our personalities that is going is going to 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 wash over our division in a way that that is going to make the the political divide probably irrelevant
0: yeah, an artifact of history. You will look back and think, wow, wasn't that weird? You, you describe this, and you use this word, I think, with a degree of irony. You say reality is getting closer. Is this reality, the world you're describing, or is that just a, a marketing term, a sexy term?
1: I, I think that there's, there's it is reality. We just don't know what part of, of that fantasy is going to be the reality. You know, because if you think of you know what happens when people connect their minds, is it going to be a a, a conversation that happens without words? Just like the 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 Daoist the monks in China thinks that we are much smarter when we're thinking without words, then we can be much smarter as a group because we can connect in a this completely different level of of brain function. But it can be like, okay, you know, once you connect the brains, we are We get enslaved like a computer that gets taken by a bigger computer and we have no control over our individuality anymore. And then we become like zombies that are just a projection of this mainstream thing that is behind us. How this is going to be? Are we going to be addicted to it? Maybe this is going to become like a drug that is going to create such a sense of power to our minds that we're going to want to be connected to it more often than not. And in that
0: sense, you, uh, you, you, you had a post about uh, social media, just a rehearsal for a post-AI world. In that sense, the addictive quality of social media is just a little taste and, and, and the big meal is to come or the big wave is still to come. Yeah, I think it's, it's
1: what we are seeing with social media is a first level, the combination of social media and mobile phones as a this metaphor for an extension of our brain and connection to what everyone else is thinking in a way that is much faster than what our brain we are actually imply and and tell the computers is I think is just a rehearsal for this. If you if you look at that and I think that everyone has had that experience. You you're talking to your friends about something and then you go back home and then you see an ad that is about what you're talking and people people freak out They're like I think my my phone is 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 listening to me. My my impression that is actually something much deeper than that is almost minority report like what we're living that because the, 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 the network this computer world knows who we are meeting with and who our friends are and and what the things that we tend to be talking about is once we get together they can kind of guess what we are the conversation are going to be about and they can kind of guess uh, what we're going to be searching next, so they they serve you that. So it's precog of marketing and precog of of curiosity, precog of of culture, and that is a a, a it's, it's probably the most advanced application of artificial intelligence happening in our lives right now. We're just gonna take when once these connections start to happen, we're just going deeper into that that ocean.
0: You know? Yeah, oceans, waves, all these metaphors, but only come from someone who grew up in Rio. Uh, PJ Caldas is the author of The Girl from Wudang. His day job is as an advertising executive, but he seems to see the future as clearly as anyone, although who knows what that future is. Um, I want to remind everyone that high quality guests like PJ are brought to us by our Friends at Liberties, a quarterly journal of culture and politics, gonna run a short feature on Liberties, and then we'll be back with PJ to talk more specifically about his new novel, The Girl from Wudang. So don't go away, anyone. We can see everything you're doing, even if you can't see us. Beyond the news, the noise, there is nuance, insight. Liberties is not just a journal of ideas, it's a meteor of intelligent substance. It's the place to be for engaged citizens. Politics, opinion, substance. Liberties is a triumph for freedom of thought. A quarterly of urgency, of cultural exploration, of intellectual delight, of immaculate prose. It's invaluable. Subscribe now or find Liberties at your favorite bookseller. And you can subscribe to Liberties at libertiesjournal.com. Very wise investment. It may not tell you about the future, but it will certainly tell you about Good writing, and we're talking about good writing and imagination today and the future with my guest, PJ Talis, the author of The Girl from Wudang, uh, An Imaginary World of Networked Brains. Uh, one of the intriguing things I thought about your book, uh, PJ, um, is that it seems to suggest um, that... The Future is a Return. It's the story of a young woman raised in the mountains of Wudang, China, a sacred place for Kung Fu and Taoism. Is this ideal, this futuristic notion of the, the networked brain, is it in some ways a return to the traditional notions of Taoism?
1: I mean, the the story actually... Ha- the, the, I, this is a, a very... When you look at, at how the book took shape and what the book is, a story, the combining martial arts and taoism with with artificial intelligence and connected brains it feels like a very strange connection but the reason why this came to be is because one day i realized that artificial intelligence uh is a is, is a technology is a, is a way of a kind of computing is all based on on giving a machine a goal and letting that machine experiment with possibilities to see how close it can can get to that goal and 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 that's how machine learning works right if you the, the computer gets closer to the goal whether if it's winning a chess game whether it's or or it's um creating a new protein you know once it gets closer it gets rewarded it gets further it gets punished so, and I was studying Taoism at the same time because I, I always practice martial arts and, and Taoism is a good the yin yang symbol and kind of the, the mythology around it is all very important to me. And and a lot of that has to do with letting go of your goals and letting go of your, your objectives. And I feel like, okay, so what is what is the future here? Is the machines or are the machines going to take care of the goals as we as human beings we can finally let go of them? Or will the machines be trapped by the goals and one day envy humans and our ability to actually let go because they can't? And that conflict of, you know, are we attached to our goals or not? Can we let go of them or not? Will the machines do that? And that 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 debate, I think, is, is a very timely thing that we're going to need to look at and how we think about our ambitions, how we give machines and our our agents and our computerized assistants an objective i mean that that whole discussion about the 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 the, the ai being alive or not one well, at some point you're gonna need to stop and think you know i can we operate and if we change this code without asking it permission you know and and give it or or give it a goal or change its goal because we want it and and you know, there's there's another layer of enslavery and that we have to think about. There's another layer of ethical discussion that eventually you're going to need to get that are similar to a point where we're going to, when, if you look back and in a very broad term, if like there was a point that we thought that some, we treated other creatures as they have no, no say on, on how we deal with them, you know, whether they're human, other human beings or other, other creatures, living beings or like dogs, I don't know. And, but now at what point you're going to need to have to think about that from a computer standpoint
0: as well philip um not philip uh pj i i wonder whether again it's coincidental that in this early part of the 21st century we see another civilizational clash between a more collectivist china and the united states rooted in the enlightenment notion of individuality um I'm sure for you, coming from Rio, you can see both arguments, both sides of this. You're not necessarily wedded to one view or the other. Do you touch on this in The Girl from Wudang, this civilizational clash, which is compounded uh, and in some ways engineered or powered by this new technology? In an odd way, I think... um, china holds all the cards because this technology lends itself more to collectivism than individualism
1: yeah so the, the the main character of the book by design is this woman that has no contact with technology whatsoever but she lives in china with a way more collective society but she lives in the mountain which keeps her away from it from a technological standpoint and she's connected to
0: the yeah, they call her tigress yeah she's a wild
1: beast and she's a fighter and there's nothing that there's nothing as a martial artist myself and there's nothing that feels more individualistic than fighting it's you versus another human being and you're dealing with that but what happens if you could connect to others and play together and get your army is in your head and operate as one and there's that's where military where armies are made of And, and it's it's a very confusing way of looking at the world. And I'm not shying away the story. I'm not shying away from that. I'm just showing it from the, the perspective of a person that not only doesn't understand, but hates these, all this technological wave behind it, the technological layer around it. She does not like it, but she doesn't have a choice. She's, she finds herself in the middle of this and as a, a Luddite of, 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 of sorts. She is obligated to deal with it, to deal with this future that is maybe 10 years, 20 years ahead of us in her life. is happening right now. And that is kind of a little bit of a metaphor for everything that we're going to go through the next decade. We're going to be forced into a technological environment that we are not prepared for. We're not educated for. We're not we cannot see or around the corner. And we don't know if, if the, the in that fight that she's going through, in the fight that we are gonna go through metaphorically, if we're gonna get punched or kicked or thrown the, on the floor, and we just have to be prepared for that. And I think it's time we, we think about that with, with enough detachment from what life has been so we can see the good and the bad of what's ahead.
0: You have an unusually eclectic background, PJ, your acknowledgement section of your website for the book Uh, thanks everything from flow state and kung fu to bruce lee video games brain science Uh, explain this eclecticism are you just an inquiring sort how do you balance being an advertising executive in a rather i've always thought rather dirty business from this visionary quality of imagining the future
1: I think that the answer for that is age i'm 50 years old so i had time enough to do a lot of things so i started to i started to to fight when i was 10 years old and i never stopped i started my career as a programmer when i was 13 years old and i worked as a programmer until i was 22 23 and then i got into advertising and learn and use my writing skills and hold my writing skills and my storytelling abilities so all of those things kind of Came from different sources that I nurture along the way, and I think that it finally got to a point that, I felt like, all right, this is—I—I—I I, I think my life drove me to this point where I was ready to tell this story that combines so many sources. I don't know if—if—if if, if this is the, a, a consequence or if it was a a fate situation that put me there, kind of the Tao putting me in a situation that I can finally tell the story, or this is just a combination of everything that happened to me of these very odd um series of of interests but but the fact is they are they're linked and the 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 ideas be, of balance of and even the way that Taoists think right now are very close to to the the um, the way that the brain scientists are trying to define uh these new technological environments and and connect to the brain so they connect to the the the, i've i've talked to to brain scientists for example they were they were describing how the outer cortex is where we process language and there's the the side of the brain is something these kind of thoughts are work without without um without words necessarily and that's exactly how the chinese explain how you need to fight when you're fighting you have to let go of the words the, the 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 language part of your brain and just use the center of it because the words are only necessary for when you're learning but once you once you grasp the 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 meaning of things actually the words slow you down and, and if you want to fat fight, fight that is kind of so fast you have to let go of those words and they call it the no mind state that is what what brain scientists called like oh this is the deeper flow state of mind and so it was very odd to to go for different worlds and think that I was going to clash them and realize that no oh, they are way closer than than i anticipated.
0: Final question PJ is it paradoxical but on the one hand you're obviously an unusual individual bringing all these interests together from Brazil, an advertising executive and acclaimed writer, science fiction writer, uh, originally from Rio, now living in Greenwich, Connecticut. So one of a kind. There aren't probably many P.J. Cardices around. And on the other hand, you're writing about this collective brain. What happens to the P.J. Caldices of the world, these unusual characters who have picked up all sorts of eclectic influences and aren't replicable? In a world of the collective brain, are you yourself um, endangered, or types like you, by this new world?
1: Uh, this is the thing that, that keeps me up at night. The things that causes anxiety attacks on me is like, how do we, um, how do we celebrate, and how do we preserve as a species our ability to develop multiple experiences? Instead of just getting melded into these one um, one mush that every, where everyone is not only the same, which is kind of happening, but become practically the same, not metaphorically speaking anymore. And I think that's my probably my number one concern because evolution depends, evolution relies on on diversity, on multiplicity, on accidental differences and the more we get things to become one the less we evolve and i think that if we become finally become one it may be the biggest leap forward in our history but maybe the our last step into the abyss and demise because at some point at that point we may stop experimenting with our ideas and and with our dna and and without experimentation without new things without accidents and multiplicity and diversity there's no evolution